0: Hey, Top News listeners, this is Luke Garrett.
1: And Megan Cloherty. We're the hosts of WTOP's daily local news podcast, The DMV Download. Don't worry, top news from WTOP isn't going away, but we wanted to drop in and give you a taste of what we're producing, a podcast that goes deeper into the biggest stories of the day.
0: If you like what you hear, head over to the DMV Download podcast and subscribe. It's Halloween, Monday, October 31st.
1: From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is The DMV Download, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org.
0: In the D.C. area, we've all been asked and asked and asked, so what do you do? Your work is your social capital here in the nation's capital. But the question we don't often hear is, how much do you make? We bring on WTOP's Abigail Constantino to find out why that's such a scary question to both
1: ask and answer.
2: It's been taboo for so long that there are no norms when you go to the office is this polite conversation.
1: And we know you love podcasts and possibly listening to music. Luke has a fun way to improve that experience for you.
0: Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett.
1: And I'm Megan Cloherty.
0: Pay parity, making the same amount for the same job, is a hard thing to pin down. It's hard to ask your coworkers what they make, which is often based on experience and time at the company. But it's also hard to answer this question
1: Some states have tried to create transparency around how much a position pays. And there are tricks to finding out whether you're getting what you should every two weeks. Here to help us out is Abigail Constantino, a WTOP digital editor who has a really great report on WTOP.com about this. And I wanted to ask you about that, Abigail, just to start. What gave you the idea for the story?
2: Two things gave me the idea. One is, do you remember back in August, I believe, there was a... Bon Appetit post on Instagram about a 25 year old who makes $250,000 a year in DC.
1: And you were like, How do I get that?
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Who made that money? Wow. um, And how? And then also, there is something called Salary Transparent Street that sort of boomed back in April. And her name is Hannah Williams. And she started, she lives in Alexandria, I believe. And she, went around in Old Town and Georgetown and would just go up to people and ask them how much you make, what do you do for a living, and whether they like what they did. And mm. that
1: was all on social media. And they answered, right? I mean, like, you kind of gave you an idea of, like, how much a construction worker around here, it makes, or how much a scientist or whatever.
2: Right. And Mark Hamrick from Bankrate said that in D.C. it's easy to find out how much people make because of uh, a lot of federal jobs and mm. you have to list the salary range. Mm -hmm. But if it's not a federal job, if you were like working somewhere else, that's, it's not a federal government or not a a government job, who knows how that offer is made.
0: Right, no, and this topic of pay transparency, I think, you know, I watched those TikTok videos and I was really surprised and taken aback at just the salaries of all these different industries Mm -hmm. in our city. I mean, it was really enticing. It's a touchy subject though, to bring up with the people you know, Did the experts you spoke to talk at all about, you know, why it's kind of taboo?
2: Well, a lot of it had to do with privacy or the idea of privacy, that, you know, people's money is a private matter.
3: Because it's delicate. You know, that person might be paid less, they might be paid the same, or they might be paid more. But I think one begins with offering something along the lines of, You know i have a question about how much let's say i'm being paid or how much we're being paid and i wonder how we can arrive at the answer and if people take it uh, from the perspective of a shared interest rather than a personal or at the worst case scenario selfish interest that's probably a better way to go
2: that's one of the things there's also something that they said it's since it's been taboo for so long that there are no norms. When you go to the office, is this polite conversation? It's not like you go up to the water cooler and discuss, you know, last night's TV episodes or whatever like that. And it's like, "Mm, should I ask or should Mm -hmm. I not ask? Is it private and stuff like that? So Mm.
1: are there ways to find out how much someone makes who works with you without asking them?
2: (laughs) Well, funnily this actually one of the other influence that I had that I wanted to do this was two years ago I paid off my student loans and there was a woman who did like a dance because she also paid off her student loans (laughs) and she said that I achieved this because I asked people how much they made and she called it the over under rule Mm. um and it's like do you make under this or over this amount and that's how she kind of figured out mm. where she fell. Huh. But um, I talked to Emily Dickens from SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management. And she said, go about it in a non-confrontational way. Like you go up to HR or your manager and mm. say, I want to know how much I make compared to other people. Not like, why am I making less than this person? Mm. She also suggested that Do your own research. Come in with your own data and make sure that it's good data based on your industry, the size of your organization, and what other information you have about the organization. And make sure that you're comparing yourself not to your peers that you're working with within that organization, but the market for your industry. So you go to like salary.com or glass door and see what the range is for your position in your industry in a similar company. Not like, you know, I work in a small business and I do social media versus I work for a big business and right. I do social media because right. those are going to be different.
0: Right. And um, did the experts you talked to talk at all about, you know, the benefits of doing this, like gathering this information? What are the pros and cons here? Or are there any cons at all?
2: The pros are evident. It's equity, right? Mm-hmm that no one is getting paid less than they should be for whatever reason, right, for doing the same job. J.R. Keller from Cornell said he doesn't really see a downside.
1: Um, Question, though, because we mentioned off the top, there are some states that are kind of trying to provide transparency about this. What states are they? I know we don't live in most of them. Um, And how are they doing that?
2: Um, Well, New York is doing the New York City pay transparency law. And there, any job, if you have an employee, that's like I think if you have more than four employees, you have to list how much the range is for that position.
1: But it's a range, so it's not like you're saying a hundred thousand right. dollars. You're saying anywhere between whatever eighty yeah. and one hundred and ten or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And other
2: states are doing that. California has some laws on that, and um, Washington State.
0: Mm. And these laws come after it used to be the case where there were literal rules that you could not talk about your pay. I remember, you know, Keller from Cornell spoke about that there used to be established rules. You cannot discuss pay for, you know, maybe privacy reasons. Those rules have faded away, but Mm -hmm. it definitely instilled kind of a generational awareness about what you can and can't talk to in the workplace about wages. Can you talk at all about, you know. Gen Z and this current generation that's putting out TikToks about people's wages, what's happening? Are we seeing kind of a new approach to salaries and how we talk about them?
2: Yes, we are, because Mark Hamrick from Bankrate said that they grew up, the Gen Z, the younger workers grew up in a time when information is readily available. They're always, you know, just with a click, you can find out something. And older generations didn't really grow up with that type of access.
3: We're not very good in our society about having conversations about money and personal finances. It's something that's taboo in many households. And for more senior individuals, it may be something that, frankly, they've never had to have a conversation with their colleagues about and don't want to have that conversation. It's awkward.
2: And there's also a lot of push for equity uh, with DEI. Inclusion.
3: Right. I
1: feel like it's one of those things like religion, politics, and money are the Mm. things you don't talk about, right? And that's all changing. Do you think that's the whole like DEI wave, if you will? A lot of companies are embracing that, rightly so. Do you think that is really opening up people to feel like, I can, like, if we're being so inclusive here, like, let's talk about the elephant in the room?
2: I think so because there's no way that you could claim we're equal or inclusive if somebody is making less money than somebody else. right? So that's completely contrary to what DEI is trying to establish, I mm. think.
3: The last thing that one would want to see while trying to promote those goals is to have a discrepancy in pay that is the opposite of diversity, equity, and inclusion.
2: But there's another thing, too, that, you know, it's not just like, you know, oh, I found this out. There are other things to consider not just the money, you know, there's like benefits, right. you know, I could be making less because my company is contributing a lot more to my retirement. Mark Hammer from Bankrate also said, there are other things to consider when you ask how much you make, it could be experience, it could be performance. And if it's performance, you, you know, that can be addressed by like, well, how can I get to that number? If right. I'm not doing so hot as my other coworkers, then what do I need to do? So there's not just like, it's not just a number. Mm. So there's issues.
0: And so let's say you've done this data gathering, you've looked at the market, you've gone on to glassdoor.com, you know, you submitted your information, you get other people's kind of information, or you've asked your coworkers, what do you do with that data? Let's say you're not getting paid as much as your similarly aged and experienced coworkers. What do you do at that point?
2: I probably would go to my manager and ask, I have information that indicates that I am paid this much money compared to my other, to my colleagues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can bring in, you know, based on my last performance appraisal, I did great. So how can I be on par with them? Yeah, What do I need to do?
3: You know, I have an idea or I have specific information that indicates that I may be underpaid for this position. And I wonder what the justification for that is and whether there's a path toward being paid more or appropriately. Yeah, like
1: bringing all the evidence. I actually had to do that once because I found out it wasn't, it was a different employer, but I found out that a a male colleague of mine, basically same amount of experience, was making a lot more than me and he was kind enough to tell me. Mm. Um, And so then I went in and and had this talk with my manager. But I mean, it's it's a real thing. If you think that, you know, pay parity is not an issue. It really is.
0: Well, it's scary. You know, you're gonna you're approaching a manager who kind of holds your salary a little bit. You know, and so your mobility scary. as well, yeah, like, your future,
1: your ability to move up in the workplace is also one of those intangibles, Abigail. Right? Like, what if you have this option to grow? You could end up being like, you know, the senior person in your position. That's something that's huge. So
2: I think also that it's it's important to talk about it because if you keep it to yourself. I think it affects morale. Yeah. I think that it breeds a lot of resentment. You're always going to be suspicious about like Mm. somebody and maybe it, if it, it, you know, maybe you won't perform as much as you would because you feel underappreciated. So to have it all out in the open, I think is, first of all, it's good for retention. It's good for Mm. morale Mm -hmm. and, you know, you could possibly get, money, you know, what you're worth.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, knowledge is certainly power in this instance, in most instances. And we've been talking a lot about the perspective of the worker. Right. But with the experts you talk to, did they explain what companies should be doing? Is there Mm -hmm. anything companies can Uh, be doing to kind of open up maybe their chest and make it really transparent, make it really easy so you don't have to like talk to and, you know, in the shadows? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, So Emily Dickens from the Society of Human Resource Management said, Companies should have, during their all-hands meeting, discuss wages and benefits and what the budget is for that, how they're paying people, and and also do an audit. It's called a pay equity, uh, a pay audit, mm-hmm. um, and anytime, at least once a year. When companies do that, they can see, oh, so-and-so makes this much, but um, you know, this person was hired when the market was really bad, so came in at a lower salary mm-hmm. and then this person doing the exact same thing came in when we had, you know, high revenue, high profits, mm-hmm. came in at a higher salary but they're ex- doing the exact same thing, performing the exact same way.
0: Mm. Well, super interesting, you know, because I think it's something that we're all thinking about, you know, we work with all these people who are so close to us and it's just this big question mark, but it, it sounds like the experts you talk to are encouraging more information between workers and from managers to workers.
2: Correct. What makes you hesitant if you were
1: to ask? I I mean, I think it's twofold. I think I would I'm honestly a little nervous to get the information, right? and I've done this before. Mm. but um, when I was told that I was making less, you immediately feel less. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it makes you feel really crappy. Personal. And yeah. And I mean, like, you, you know, it was a good thing for me because I was able to act on it. But I think there that fear of like, OK, what if I make less? It's going to feel so awful. And what if nothing happens because of it? Or what if I make more? I don't want to make someone else feel bad. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to make your a coworker who you work with every single day feel less than. So that yeah. was for me. That was the big deal.
0: No, and I think for me, I guess what would keep me, what would make me hesitate is those intangibles. Let's say it's someone who's maybe outside my generational group. It's like, oh, I don't know if they're comfortable about that. I feel pretty comfortable with people my age just be like, hey, you know, what are you what are you doing? How are you doing over there? Yeah, <laughs> you know, this yeah. Is I'm doing. I'll maybe even offer up my pay and then see if they respond. And if they don't, you know, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, that's kind of how I've approached it in the past few years is um, offering information because I don't really care what, if people know how right, much you, I Right. You like make. put it out there. and Yeah. And hopefully... then if I can gather information, but if it un- makes them uncomfortable, you know, hmm. that's OK. Um, that's fine. I haven't gone to managers or H.R., to be like, hey, what do people like, kind of around me make? Yeah, um, and that was an interesting point that Keller, J.R. Keller from Cornell, made. That I was like, hmm, okay, that's 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 okay to do. I might do that. But
1: do they have to tell you, Abigail? I mean, is it is it something that if you go to your HR, depending on the company or where you where you work, do they have to tell you what your coworkers make?
2: I would hope that they won't tell. <laughs> I would hope they won't tell how much, like a personal.
1: Right, like Jim makes right, yes, Yeah, Yes, because I think that would
2: that would border the privacy. Totally.
0: I know you said that they can give you kind of anonymous what people in your current position kind of generally make. It's more of like a range you can ask them okay, for. Okay, okay. And how your personal pay, because you obviously know that, compares to that range. They yes. wouldn't be giving out personal information. And-
2: yeah, it, w- it won't tell me that, you know. And so makes this right. much. <laughs> that would be, and that would be a has breach Two of- more days of vacation than you. I'm <laughs> well,
1: like, that's oh. another thing. Okay. So if you find out you make a little bit less, but you have like another week of vacation, you yeah. got to weigh your options. That's true. Right. And, and that's why they're saying it's not just a number. Right. Um, you probably could ask your coworker how much vacation they get.
3: That oh, might yeah. be something
1: that people are like, oh, it's this. Yeah. And you can, you know, negotiate that next time around. Mm. Abigail Constantino, this has been so helpful and just really interesting. Thanks for your time. Thanks. See you later.
0: And after the break, can you imagine going into an art museum without your glasses? Well, you might be doing something similar when you're listening to music and podcasts on your phone. Stick around and I'll tell you how to optimize your digital listening experience.
1: Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602
2: Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms.
0: And before we go, I kind of want to talk about sound.
1: I know, you're super into this, and I want to—I want the people to hear you.
0: So, radio people are obviously more likely to be audiophiles, people who are kind of obsessed with sound and how yeah. things sound, right. because it's our work, it's what we do. You know, we have nice mics, we have a nice processor, and we want to give our audience the highest quality sound. Mm-hmm. But something I realized recently is that, our phones which is how we get most of our sound music podcast etc they also can get optimized and improved for sound
1: interesting so it's sort of like not whatever you're hearing out of your phone may not be the best version that it could provide you
0: exactly okay. we're doing all of our work on our side you and me you know to make this podcast sound the best it can but people's phones and the and the applications the sound comes through Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, all of that. Mm-hmm. You can actually go into those apps and make the sound quality like a lot better, like Wait, fourfold. What? Yeah, yeah. So, and this might be well known. It was new to me a few weeks ago. It's new to me. But you basically go into your streaming service of choice. I have Spotify, so you go to Spotify. There's a little gear icon
1: Okay, like the the, settings guy.
0: Right, exactly. Click that guy, and then there's a section that says audio quality, and then it opens up, and there's four levels of audio quality. There's poor audio quality, uh, regular.
1: Is it set on high
0: and very high? (laughs) The default is poor because just because it's it takes less data. You know, like higher quality stuff just takes more bits of data.
1: Okay, wait though. So if you change it to super super amazing sound. Are you gonna like not gonna not gonna be pay able for to it? like are you not gonna be able to use your phone basically because
0: it depends. So if you have a cellular plan that's limited, you probably wanna just do regular or high. But what's nice in Spotify No
1: regular or poor. Regular or poor,
0: right. Yeah, depending on how much space you have. Now if you have an unlimited, unlimited plan, just do high quality and you'll really <laughs> notice it. But what's cool in Spotify is they have cellular specifications and they also have Wi-Fi specifications. So Wi-Fi can totally take it. You're paying for it, you know. Right. I would just hit that like Wi-Fi because you home anyway. Very high quality. Yeah. So I did tests at my like kind of home speaker setup, which is like you know nice quality. Which he's also
1: obsessed with, by the way. And yes, there's an entire
0: big three-foot speakers from that. the 80s. Are really great. I could talk forever about that. But I did a test, and if you use classical piano, it's like the best or hmm. one of the better types of music because it's strings. You know, you can really tell the quality of it. And I toggled between poor and very high sound quality night and day you could totally hear it. Like it really, really, the richness and everything. Yeah. Anyway, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, oh wow, this, they should have better sound quality.
1: Check out your little settings. You know, We we can sound better. <laughs> just just know. And it, it's it's up out. to you. It's up to you. It's not up to us. No, yeah. And it's if so you, funny.
0: If you have music that you love, it always surprises me how much better the music I already love sounds when it's higher quality. Yeah. You know, these musicians are putting so much effort and time to making it perfect. So, you might as well help them out and, you know, just put that high-quality sound on.
1: I love that you're geeking out on this and you're sharing your geekiness with us.
0: Do it, you know. News you can use. That's that's, <laughs> that's today's show, really.
1: And that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We are brought to you by SteamFetters Local 602, and our music is by Real World.
0: Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. Spotify, Apple, all those cool places. You can find us on social media, also on our website, dmvdownload.com, where you can become a VIP listener.
1: The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 1077 in Virginia, 1039 in Frederick. Online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Happy Halloween.